Welcome to the Path Earth Matters podcast, a podcast which puts a brand and consumer lens on all things people, planet and profit. Join us as we chat with leading thinkers, creators, makers, movers and shakers in the world of all things sustainable. Hello, I'm Maria. And I'm Susie and this is Earth Matters Live. Today we're talking to Craig Hutchison. Hello, Craig. Hi, how are you doing? Very good. Good to have you. Um, so let me just start by introducing you to our listeners. So Craig is an experienced business leader and entrepreneur who used to work in the realm of spirits, but he's now moved on to the parallel world of NOLO. Uh, in 2017, Craig and his wife, Maria, launched Cedars Distilled Non-Alcoholic Alt Gin, followed by Celtic Soul, a non-alcoholic dark spirit, Altrum Marie Laveau, and MNC, which is a CBD botanical spirit. So the nature of all of these products led them to found Mindful Brands, uh, which is a home for all of Craig and Maria's non-alcoholic premium brands, and a business model that is all about connecting mindfulness and sustainability. So welcome. It's really great to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the intro. No, uh, it's it's been some some journey since when we founded Cedars back in 2017, but a bit of a roller coaster, really. Well, we can't wait to hear about all the ups and all the downs and all the learnings along the way. And I mean, this roller coaster journey has uh, kind of started with you working in the drinks industry for some time. You know, you used to work for Pernod Ricard, uh, but then eventually, as I mentioned in the intro, you lent, you launched your own product and your own brand, Cedars Non-Alcoholic Alt Gin. So you've now grown a number of NOLO brands under your new company, Mindful Brands. So can you tell us a little bit more about this roller coaster journey and um, what actually drove you to move from spirits to NOLO? Um, and when did, how and when did sustainability come into the picture? Right, well, you know, um... I left corporate back in 2015 and just wanted to go down the, the road less traveled and see if I could earn my stripes in, in the world of entrepreneurship. I had no idea how how difficult and challenging it uh, it was going to be and, and I had a couple of um, failed business ideas. But then, you know, really, we um, I was scratching my own itch when we came up with the idea of Cedars. I joined my wife when she was pregnant with our uh, our firstborn. I thought, well, show a bit of solidarity and and, and give up alcohol. Uh, and I expected it only to be for those those nine months. But I discovered that uh, there's this there was this big hole in the market for adults who didn't drink alcohol got treated like children. They were only offered water or sparkling water or orange juice or, or cola uh, when, when they wanted to, to have a drink in a convivial social moment. And that was, quite frankly, unacceptable. You know, and it was only just four or five years ago, right? The world has changed so much since then, certainly here in the UK, where there are now over 100 options for adults who do choose for whatever reason they have not to drink alcohol. It could be a permanent reason. It could be just for that moment. Maybe they've just given up for a month or maybe they've just given up because they want to go to the gym after uh, meeting their friends or they want to pick up their kids or, or they've got more emails to send. Whatever their reason is, all adults deserve sophisticated, premium, intriguing uh, drink experiences. And uh, and so, you know, coming from the alcohol, alcoholic drinks beverage world, been treated to the most amazing cocktails and, and the most amazing clubs and bars around the world, 
I, I just couldn't accept that this, uh, the situation that, um, that I, I wasn't able to get good non-alcoholic cocktails or good non-alcoholic mixed drinks. So we decided to do something about it. We decided to scratch our, our own itch and launch our own uh, non-alcoholic gin because I missed an, a, a, a gin. I missed that moment, a beautiful juniper bitter drink when the sun's going down or you're with friends, you know, you know that moment. And I thought, okay, this is something that I think um, I will, I will try and rectify. And I thought I had epiphany. I thought I was the first person in the world to have this idea, but I wasn't. There, there, um, uh, there was another brand called Seedlip that had come out a few, uh, um, a few years before and, and had done a great job opening up people's minds to this, this new paradigm. Now, what I never realized was how hard it was going to be to make these these products, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that uh, perhaps a little bit later. Maybe now I'll answer your question about mindfulness, and and that for me is very much intertwined with purpose. So after leaving corporate, I spent a lot of time thinking about purpose, thinking about my personal purpose and how I wanted to lead a more conscious life, understanding my impact on the world and certainly the, my impact on the environment, and I think that is very intertwined with mindfulness. So mindfulness and purpose has always been a part of, uh, of our journey. And certainly it was a part of the purpose and vision for Cedars, Cedars non-alcoholic Alchin. The vision for Cedars was to become a global mindfulness brand. And, um, and I think mindfulness then is very much intertwined with sustainability. You know, uh, it's, it just goes hand in hand. You can't claim or want to be a mindfulness brand and forget about the world and forget about your carbon footprint. So it, it was kind of all part and parcel of that, that roller coaster that, that, uh, that I referred to. That's really interesting to hear about how you can be mindful about your body and your, what you're drinking and your alcohol, but also be mindful about sustainability and how those two things are intertwined. Obviously, you saying there are a lot of challenges along the way and making these drinks and being as, as sustainable as possible, I imagine are quite challenging things. What have you learned along the process and what have been your main challenges and opportunities? Well, we've certainly had a challenge to change people's paradigms and mindsets. I mean, it's a bonkers idea, right? This idea of a non-alcoholic gin or a non-alcoholic uh, Irish whiskey, you know. And, um, and funny enough, it, consumers, most consumers get it. And, 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 you know, oh, yes, I, I, I don't want to drink, but I, I still want to be part of the, the tribe. It's, it's a curious thing. Um, let's say pre three or four years ago, you always were spotted and called out if you weren't drinking an alcoholic drink in the group, in the, in the bar or at a party or wherever it is. You know, and you always, you know, you, and, and you felt it yourself and you, you know you had an impact on the group. That's changed now, right? Now when I've got a non-alcoholic mixed drink in my hands or non-alcoholic cocktail, I'm part of the crowd again. Nobody cares if there's alcohol in it or not, um, but I've gone through the same ritual. I've paid the same amount for it. I've, it's been made in front of me. And, um, and, and you know, now, um, now it's, it's back to how it was before. So we have a big job in changing paradigms, more so with the trade in convincing retailers and, and uh, the on-trade to, to now stock our, our, our brands and our products. Less so now. This was more of an issue two or three years ago and then also charge the same amount for it. People don't give up drinking alcohol to save money. There are other reasons for that. One is a more balanced lifestyle, right? We, we know that the world is crazy. Modern life is crazy. It's super busy. We all need a bit of time out. And, and the, 
the purpose for um, for cedars, as opposed to what the, the vision was, the purpose is to give an everyday escape to everyday people. Every one of us needs five minutes break just to recharge, to reconnect. And we thought, well, why couldn't you do that through making yourself a beautiful non-alcoholic drink? That can be a very mindful thing in itself. You know, choose a beautiful glass, you know, obviously choose cedars and, and, and mix it the right way and garnish it and just take a moment to yourself or your, your, your friend or your partner or your pet, whoever it is. So, you know, balance um, is, is really important, a part of this mindful, mindfulness journey. And, and linked to that, in, in fact, is mental health. And with Celtic Soul, it's much more of a, a, a masculine brand. Uh, we know there are big mental health issues. And, and the purpose behind Celtic Soul is uh, inspiring courage. And dare I say it, we all need a little bit of courage these days, you know, I mean, you know, but this was pre-pandemic when we, when we came up with a purpose for Celtic Soul, more so now and more so with the rampant exponential change that's upon us. Health and wellness, taking care of our bodies. Clearly, you know, uh, we're aware more and more of of what alcohol um, can do to our bodies. So just moderation is is a big, uh, a big movement. And then something, um, and and I know, you know, it's, it's the theme of the discussion is just love for the earth. You know, that's just that's just core to myself, my wife, Maria, and and what we what we want to do with the rest of our lives. How do you are you building in this love for the earth and and sustainability into your brands? Like what steps do you take to uh, make your brands more sustainable? Right. Well, we can't call ourselves mindful brands without addressing head on. Um, sustainability. And uh, um, as you know, I, I, I gave a presentation at one of the, the NOLO conferences a, a wee while back about mindful packaging and how mindful brands require mindful packaging. But but how do you start, right? It, it's it actually, it's a, it's a big topic with lots of uh, legs and arms all over the place. I think the first place to start is understanding your carbon footprint. And um, and there are various ways to do that. We, we, we went to a, a consultancy and um, we asked them to, to completely break down and deconstruct our bottle uh, with, with, the, uh, with our product in it and tell us exactly what our carbon emissions are. So at least we know what, what, the, what, this, what the state is, right? Because then if you know what the situation is, what your footprint is, you, 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 know, you can do something about it. So if you have no idea what it is, what are you going to start to do? Now, there's some things you can do things about and there's some things you just can't. For instance, you know, we are in premium adult drinks We've got to come in a glass bottle. Nobody's going to feel good about themselves and feel like they're getting a bit of reward or those emotional attributes if it, if it comes in a, in a plastic bottle, quite honestly. So we need to stick with a glass bottle. And we know glass um, you know, needs to be um, heated up to over 1,000 degrees. So it requires a lot of energy and is by far our biggest um, carbon emitter. So we know what the carbon footprint is. We've identified what, uh, what can be done, but to, to a certain extent, we are going to have a carbon footprint. How do we address that is we offset those, uh, those carbon emissions, and, uh, and we found a fantastic uh, project in South Africa, uh, the Wonder Bag project, that people use to cook their food, keep their water hot for both cooking and cleaning, and by doing so, save uh, a huge amount of energy costs, and we've used that to, to offset all of our carbon emissions, which means, you know, uh, our brands have had a zero carbon debt right from the get-go. Amazing. I think what's really powerful about that is the idea that you wanted to fully understand your process and how your operations and your manufacturing uh, and your production uh, was actually generating that carbon debt to really understand it, own it, and then do something about it. And there must be so much richness in terms of the information that you've got there, the, the learnings, but 
how do you, um, is this very much an internal thing that you keep as information for the brand to grow it? Or do you communicate it to your consumers in a certain way? Is it part of your brand story? Well, so you're right. So we had, we had all this amazing information and knowledge. First of all, we, we don't just work as a small company. We work in a, in a, in an ecosystem and we've always viewed ourselves. So we view, you know, our suppliers as colleagues and our co-manufacturers as colleagues and, uh, even our competitors, they're in the same ecosystem, especially in a booming category like Nolo. We're not trying to take share from this brand or that brand. It's growing enough for all of us. So in fact, a lot of our knowledge we've given to some of our competitors very happily because we need everybody to, to, to be doing this. So we, so for instance, with our co-manufacturers, part of the studies we needed to, needed to understand their footprint and their energy usage. So we worked with them and then, you know, every year you, you say have an annual audit with your co-manufacturer. And this is absolutely always um, on the list, on the agenda of things to discuss. Okay, how are you reducing your, your energy? What else are you doing to, to address your carbon emissions? And, 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 you know, I'm delighted to say that everybody in our ecosystem is absolutely focused on this, where we, um, you know, where we get our agricultural products, our botanicals, our suppliers work with the farmers to ensure ethical farming practices and, uh, and, and to reduce uh, their, their um their carbon footprint as well. So we work with everybody in our in our ecosystem, and then with the consumers. I think it's about communicating very clearly with them and including the right information on your labels. You know, and I think this has become a, a bigger and bigger topic. What kite marks to have? You know, tell folk and tell, tell folks. So, for instance, DRS, the Deposit Return Scheme, is coming in. Um, it, it's just about. A, I think it has been launched. It was just about launched in Scotland, and hopefully, England will follow soon. Well, tell folk how to recycle their bottles. You know, because it's quite complicated, right? It's going to be new. Let's use our labels to communicate um, what, what's inside. About why not? Why don't we even tell people what our carbon footprint is? Ooh, scary idea. This could become mandatory in 2025, I believe, or 2028. Why wait? Why wait to be told what to do? We can do it right now. You know, this is, this is what a mindful brand is all about. It's actually thinking about your consumer. I'm a consumer as well, and I want to know this stuff. So let's, let's put this on the back label, and that's what I'm discussing with the, with the team. Now, of course, we can't do everything right, you know, right now. We're a small team. Um, Cedars, by the way, is actually uh, um, we, we actually sold it onto my previous company, Perno Recar. So uh, we're, we're now working on on our um, on the, our other children, uh, on our other non-alcoholic children. So we're a startup again with startup resources. So we can't do all of this, but we've got, but certainly we've got the values, and we and we know what we want to do. And now it's just a case of every. It's 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 always part and parcel of of um, of our ways of working. Fantastic. I think it's great that you're so open and you're so honest with um, your consumer, with your suppliers, with your competitors. And it's, you know, as a startup, you've got these values and this uh, idea of mindfulness at the core of what you do. But um, what do you think about brands that have been around for longer? For example, your your previous company, Perno Ricard and, and other big brands, um, they were operating at a time when sustainability was not quite as high on the agenda as, as, it, as it is today. How do you think they should and can play a part in, um, in sort of pushing forward and, and making the world a better place? Right. So, um, yeah, so I, I think you alluded to the fact that they've got a huge amount of carbon debt that, that they've accrued up over the, over the decade. Same for countries, right? You know, the UK has a huge amount of carbon debt. And, and the, the, the talk is more about being carbon neutral from year to year. 
that's great. We need to do that. And we need to get to carbon neutrality earlier rather than later. But I think there's also an important case for saying, okay, but don't forget about that carbon debt, folks, countries or or, or big corporates. And I kind of um, see the parallel with financial debt. None of us kind of want to, you know, when we have time to come and to die, we don't want to leave any financial debt for our kids to take care of, right? Why would we want to leave any carbon debt? And the absolute the same goes uh, the same goes for corporates. Now the corporates go on about oh well you know as as you said it wasn't on our agenda and we're big brands and you know this this is going to be millions of in fact tens of millions of pounds. Well, guess what? They've got the most financial resources to actually address it, right? I mean, this is the hospital pass of all the hospital passes that we're we're passing on to the next generations. We need to be doing something about it now. And they have the resources. The big corporates have the resources to do something about it. You know, as a startup, arguably, okay, we we don't have much carbon debt, but, you know, we're trying to survive. We're all about survival, right? You know, we don't know if we're going to be around in six months' time. If we don't get listings and if, you know, some a few things don't go away, we're, we're gone. We're out, right? So, I mean, the stakes aren't any lower for us, but it doesn't matter. For me, this is not a nice to have or, you know, something that we can use in our, our brand plan to, to um, you know, to make our brand resonate. It's, it's, it's a rule of the game. You have to now be completely sustainable. This is, this is what consumers require. And if you're an SME, a slightly bigger business, but not quite a corporate, and you say, oh, well, you know, I need all my money to grow. Well, I'm sorry. You know, I, you also need to do this and, and don't let it get to a stage where you've wrapped up millions and millions of, of carbon debt. So um, we all have our challenges. Uh, we all need to we need only to show we're moving towards zero carbon debt. So, so sorry, folks, it's not just about carbon neutrality. That's the first thing to tackle. Then let's start talking about carbon debt. Amazing. I love this commitment to the future, to getting to a future where this debt is repaid and that and that's sustainable also in terms of not accumulating even more. Such a such a strong idea. And thinking about the future, a lot of exciting things have been happening for you and for mindful brands, um, a lot of things bubbling in the background. So what do you think the future of the drink, drinks industry and more specifically of mindful brands looks like? So have you got any new brands or products in the pipeline? And as you're developing, developing them, are you maybe experimenting with different avenues into sustainability, different approaches? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got um, a pipeline. Uh, we've got loads of ideas. So it's all about what resources we've got. But, you know, we, we're thinking of a non-alcoholic tequila. I mean, it's a bonkers idea, right? Why would you want to shoot a non-alcoholic spirit? Well, let me tell you, when you're in a group and you've got that beautiful moment where everybody's doing a shooter, it's, you know, you don't want to be left out. Right? You, want to be, you want to be part of it, you know? And uh, so we've got a non-alcoholic tequila. By the, and by the way, you can't make a great non-alcoholic margarita without something to substitute for the tequila. You, otherwise, it's just kind of a, like a lemonade, you know, a, a, a sweet, tangy lemonade. No, we need, the, we need that. Also, non-alcoholic wine. And we know there are non, some non-alcoholic wines out there. We're, we're, we're obviously working on uh, something. We've, some great technological advancements are coming through, and we think we can come out with something that's, um, that's, that's, that's really great. But you're right. We also we can't just sit um, on, on what we uh, what we currently do. We've got to move forward on sustainability. So we are looking at things like lighter glass, right? Yeah, less less glass than that's what, what's in our current bottles, and less glass means um, less carbon emissions. I mentioned uh, deposit return scheme and how we can support that. More information on, on labels, things like tethered closures. You know, this is coming through in the soft drinks. So, you know, the closures, whether it's plastic, you want to make sure, you know, that's, those are recycled as well. And 
what percentage of the closure comes from recycled products. So, you know, we really got to think a lot more about, uh, about closures. And then also shrink caps, they're mostly plastic at the moment. Okay, it's a very small part of our, our cost of goods, our bill of materials, but we can move to biodegradable shrink caps. It's, it's, it's phenomenal technology. It's just very difficult to put it on at high volumes. So we need to we need to get the tech right and we need to engage our, our co-manufacturers. And then um, another interesting thing is the closed loop system. And, and one of our colleagues in Mindful Brands, he, um, he in fact, he's still got um, a um, an alcoholic rum and the bottle that he's got actually gets converted into glasses and tumblers. So you take your bottle and you and you, you, you've got instructions to take it to some glass workers. Um, I think this is in the US, in New York, and they actually make it into goblets and tumblers. What, what an amazing thing to, to actually reuse glass. So we're thinking of that, not easy to do, but it just takes a little bit of innovation, a little bit of thinking and creativity, and, and you, can, you can get there. So it's been lovely talking to you and uh, we're going to wrap up, but I've got one more fun question for you. If you could wave a magic wand and make one change to make the world a more sustainable place, what would that change be? I th- you know, I have, um, I've thought about this and I think it's got to be something to do with animal agriculture. Oh, just solve so 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 many issues. If, if we address how, how we, how we treat animals and, and how we, consume animal products. Uh, it's a sensitive issue. It's a cultural issue. So, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't want to go telling people what they should and shouldn't eat, but people need to understand the impact that animal agriculture has on the environment. They need to really understand how um, these sensitive um, emotional animals that feel fear and dream and how, 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 how they're treated. And if we were just to reduce a bit of uh, um, our uh, consumption of, of, of animal products we'd free up land that could be rewilded you know um obviously there would be a a huge amount of reduction of um, carbon and and methane emissions but i think how we treat animals is really a reflection on society and maybe i'll just say it it doesn't reflect too too good on us at the moment and no 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 country really has the the moral high ground so it's slightly different from what we're doing and and non-alcoholic drinks but it's uh, a certain uh, there's the one the one saying that uh, that i remember i Nobody can claim to be an environmentalist if you consume animal products, and that, um, that, that that's a deep thing to to think about. I think it's absolutely right. So if I could change something, it would be it would be something to do with animal agriculture. Well, I think we can safely say that we'd both drink to that with yeah. a uh, non-alcoholic cocktail, perhaps. <laughs> the idea of that non-alcoholic margarita. <laughs> yes, yeah. And you can have it any time of the day, right? I know. It's 11.30 and it's okay to have a non-alcoholic <laughs> margarita. <laughs> Only okay. Totally okay. Thank you so much. It's been fascinating talking to you. Brilliant. No, thanks for the opportunity, Maria and Susie. I really appreciate the time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Earth Matters from Path. Stay up to date on everything Earth Matters at wearepath.com forward slash earth hyphen matters. You can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. And for more ideas, inspiration and future thinking, check out our trends reports and thought pieces on wearepath.com forward slash thinking. Thanks for joining us.